We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. people welcome back week two nfl food for thought podcast right here on roto grinders thanks for tuning in whatever you're listening on and guess what we have video for the first time so maybe you're watching us for the first time ever on this show what's going on will priester good to see you again buddy nothing much man so for those of you that don't know we actually record this podcast during sunday night football i mean monday night football and ironically, I feel like it adds an extra element to the Food for Thought podcast. Sometimes you'll get live reactions. And trust me, folks, uh, for me to be coming in right now, extremely excited about this podcast. I am excited about the podcast, but Luch knows I just experienced a really, really, really bad beat in terms of first half prop investments and uh, hit everything except Noah Fant, who was sitting at what I thought was a measly three and a half fantasy points for the first half. He caught two passes for 15 yards. And then we got a stat adjustment down to 14 yards. So we got away from the push, got away from the push and down to 3.4 fantasy points. And lo and behold, now uh, I end up, I end up making 200 bucks rather than 1800 bucks. So I still profited, still profitable card, but man, it's it's one of those stingers where you know you've got it right within reach. And I still would have ended up even at the push. I only want to made a thousand because I would have got five x back on that. But it is what it is. Nothing I can do about it, and uh, we'll go from there. Let's go, Gordon. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, adding the extra element here. We still have a lot of action that's live 
Um, what a week one. Those early slate of games, I don't think anybody could have asked for anything more. So I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope you all made some money. We gave out some decent info last podcast. I'm about even on my bets for the week that I put in. Uh, we talked about a lot of them on the show, also over at Scores and Odds. Um, we have a ton of good stuff going on over there as well. But I do need Cortland Sutton to kind of match his first half production here tonight. And I need one more catch from Melvin Gordon, so that's what I'm sweating out. And I do have some Spencer Strader props over on the bump today, too, courtesy of Keith Eister. I tailed him in his free article over there on Scores and Odds. So, well, you, anyway, you got another, you got another Sutton catch, brother. Just okay. like that, another 12, 15 yard, 12 to 15 yard catch. Let's speak it into existence. And I can't, I, I know you agree with me on this. I cannot emphasize on making time early in the week to put in these prop bets. These lines just get absolutely steamed by like Friday and then come Sunday yeah. morning to get it. I got Sutton at 56 and a half on Wednesday, and I think it was up to 61 and a half uh, today. I mean, just huge discounts, dude. It was a 20 yard reception, brother. All right. So I need we're like close. Yards. <laughs> we're, get, we're getting there. We're, We're close, and, and his second half was 29 and a half. You know I took over. Sutton just caught another one. He's Let's probably go. over for you. What? He's, he's, he's probably close. over for you. We'll take that. We'll take that. Look that up for me while I ramble some words real quick, if you don't mind. Again, we're in, we're in week two here. If you're just tuning in for maybe the first time ever, you're going to get some analytics anywhere you look on Roto Grinders throughout the rest of the week. And we're going to drop some nuggets here. We like to keep it real on the show. Barroom, barbershop-ish type talk with some good takes. We're going to have some really good guests on throughout the rest of the season from across the industry and a bunch of our sister websites as well, uh, companies. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, breaking down every week up into the Super Bowl here. Chief. Come on, Gordon. Let's go. Let's go. Gordon over second half rushing yards, baby. As soon as we hit that record button, things start to happen, and it's magic. <laughs> anyway. Hey, gotta love it. Man. All right, I'm, I, I, I got to turn this off. What's I, your I, I slogan? Turn this off. What is your slogan, your mantra of what this podcast is not? <laughs> listen, it ain't your mama's podcast, first of all. So, I, listen, I think these live reactions, man, they, they, they just, they give it to us. Yeah, well, they, they give it to us. I agree. I agree. We're going to start with our elephant in the room segment where we take a look back at all the action from week one or highlight some important takeaways. I don't even know where to start. There's been so much. But before I go any further, if you're watching this video, this is what I thought was Kirkwood's house for the last year when he used this virtual background. (laughs) Listen, I talked about that. Just because last week. We had audio only last week, so it wasn't as funny as it probably is now. So this is my new uh, virtual background as well. I was like, man, does he play the piano? Like, look at that thing. So I I don't live here again. But uh, let's talk about week one. I don't really know where to begin. There are so many headlines. I'll tell you this, Chief. Those one o'clock games, crazy endings, crazy endings. Nobody could kick a damn field goal either. I've never seen anything like that. We were at a, a local spot, uh, me and my cousin and his girlfriend, in Atlantic City called the Ducktown Tavern. And if you're local, uh, you know exactly where that is because it's a great spot. We, we like, waited towards the end of the 1 o'clock games to make the five-minute trip to uh, Resorts Casino where the DK Sportsbook is. And everything, I feel like, was just going off the rails at the same time. The Bengals were, were – as soon as we stepped foot in the resorts, Joe Burrow threw that touchdown in the back of the end zone. 
ice in his veins as time expires, I figured the game was over. It didn't even cross my mind that McPherson would shank the extra point. So as soon as I went from the lobby of the resorts, the, the, the hundred yards I walked to the sports book, they said, no, the game's going in overtime. I said, what do you mean the game's going in overtime? McPherson just shanked it. The kid got the yips. He's like going, he's like the Chuck Knobloch of, of field goal kicking right now, man. He just can't throw over to first. So between that game um, and all the, I mean, the Saints game really was an adrenaline rush too, you know, towards the end. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas coming alive in the second half there. Just incredible stuff. And of course the Colts and the Texans, like those are the three that are just sticking uh, sticking out to me from the get-go here is everyone's a little rusty, Chief. Things are a little volatile right now. You play less preseason, you play less snaps, and uh, things were kind of ugly for a lot of teams for a long time <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's something I talked about, I, I think, on uh, the Blitz show about how I thought things would go and just be a little sloppy in some games. And sure enough, like you look at it, that's exactly what happened, Luch. Things just got sloppy. And we're seeing that on Monday Night Football. Like, clearly, we think Denver's the better team. And I think they just had to get rolling. Even the defense. Like, Seattle marched down the field. Come on. Like, we're, we're not a big believer that Seattle's going to be some contender. So, and Denver's defense, I think we're expecting to, to be a big deal. So, there you go. Um, ooh, yeah. So, I, I think... Week one, I give everybody a pass, except the Dallas Cowboys this week, who are now pretty much almost guaranteed to not go to the playoffs. And it's not that I think they couldn't. I I, I don't think they're going to be good enough to keep up with the Eagles and Washington in the division with a hurt Dak Prescott that's going to be out six to eight weeks. That's really all it is. So uh, Dallas, your season is over. Like, just go ahead and pour one out. Uh, God, we're, we're getting hot takes early, but I don't think it's a hot take. Receivers were already out. Now your quarterback's out. Forget it. That season's done. Um, that's how I feel about it. Clearly, I think the Eagles and Washington are the teams to beat in, in this division. Clearly. So, um, and that's not after one week. That's just after with Dak being out is what I'm saying. Like if Dak was still in, plenty of hope in Dallas. Receivers come back, everybody's healthy, like they got a big shot. But I think that's that's to me, that's the biggest news in one of the most popular teams in football. The Dallas Cowboys are probably not making playoffs. Incredible. After week one, Luke. Like, how do you walk in that facility? You have to just keep your mind on your paycheck because your season's done. Just forget it. You better they're, – they're trying to collect bonus money at this point because they're not going to the playoffs. I wonder what could have unfolded if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were able to come to some kind of contract agreement because you know Jerry Jones would be on the horn looking for a replacement with upside. And I just keep thinking that Tyler Huntley's still on that Baltimore team. But at this point, like – you would think that the Ravens will throw the bag at Lamar Jackson, but we've seen weirder things happen, right? So it's yeah. probably almost like the biggest insurance right now for Baltimore, or if they can get a haul for, uh, you know, for Huntley in a position where maybe they normally wouldn't, I, I don't know. It, the dominoes are slowly starting to fall, and there really isn't a lot out there, you know, in terms of getting a quarterback. We heard Mason Rudolph trade rumors before the season started, but 
is he really a big upgrade from, from Cooper? I don't know. No. So listen, weird position. Mason you know, Rudolph, into, stop it. You're one week into a new season, and how are you supposed to tell the fans of America's team? See what I'm doing there? No, but seriously, yes. how are you supposed to tell them it's over? Yeah, it's not the Jerry Jones way. We'll see what happens. Do you think they're gonna make a move for a quarterback? Um, I don't think they'll do it. I, I, I don't. That, that doesn't seem to be how the Cowboys like to do things. I think they'll be content riding it out, doing nothing. Did I get a That's Melvin Gordon think. catch? What's did that? I get a second catch for Melvin Gordon. I think I did. Yeah, Melvin Gordon got a uh, got a touchdown. Receiving. Well, wait a minute. Are they calling it? Are they no? Oh yeah, he did get a catch. Sorry, he did get okay. a catch. All right, let's go. Then that 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 catch is scoresandodds.com, baby. Parlay. Oh, wait a minute. They called it a fumble. Stop it. Stop. Are you messing with me? No, they called it a Melvin Gordon fumble. God, now I'm so confused. Oh, wait a minute. No, I don't think it was a fumble. I don't think it was a fumble. You are just ripping my heart out. No, but he, he got the catch. He, he got the catch. So the catch part was the play before this one. We're Kill looking him. at him. We're, lo- <laughs> We're looking at him. We're looking at him trying to get into the end zone. God. And uh, I, I think he may have fumbled the ball. But th- this is why, you know, turning on the the uh, the football game during the pod can be interesting when you've got so much invested in it. And I do have have some stuff invested in this game. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I really needed a Russell Wilson. I, I need one more Russell Wilson passing TD for, for what it's worth. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that. Cowboys obvious losers from week one. Who else is a big loser from week one? Uh, let's see here. I got to think the Cardinals are a loser. I know they were going up against the Chiefs, but that was a thumping. I think the Packers are even bigger losers. Now the, the podcast is officially starting. Oh, anytime we talk about Aaron Rodgers on this podcast. The, the podcast has officially started. Where's I explain, I explain that Aaron Rodgers was one of the greatest game managers of all time. And in fact, I may have to even retract that statement. And I don't want to hear it because Tom Brady gets it done with no Sunnel and Aaron Rodgers finally doesn't have Devontae Adams. And look at what happened. I mean, just it's week one, okay? But uh, Jordan Love threw five passes in an American football game where Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback. Folks, all the, all the times you thought this take was hot, it may have been lukewarm at best, but it's definitely not freezing cold. And we're seeing just as sure as day that Aaron Rodgers may not be the guy that you think he is. Like, if you're the guy, you got to get it done. And I, this season is going to be rough, I think. He doesn't have any weapons. I'm not saying he has tons of weapons. But guess what, folks? Tom Brady went through several seasons of no weapons. And a couple of those, he got Super Bowls. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it at all. 
Who who are you more concerned about? The Arizona Cardinals or the Green Bay Packers? Green Bay. I will tell you this. I'm not a huge believer in Matt LaFleur. I am very familiar with Matt LaFleur because he came from the Tennessee Titans. And I don't think there's anybody on the planet outside of maybe a, a couple gentlemen I know in the company and Twitter that fall, consume more Tennessee Titans information, but he never wowed me. Um, and he was, he was the offensive coordinator of the Titans for a brief time. You know, you have Devontae Adams, you have Aaron Rodgers, you can win some ball games. I mean, they can put a headset on me or you, and we'd probably go 500 at least, right? <laughs> like, you don't have to do a lot. Yeah. So now you have no weapons, and that is on the front office too, because how many years has it been where they've gotten him no help aside of Devontae Adams? Like, there was no backup plan. I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and at least whatever the hell happened with Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs is fine, but at least they dump some resources into helping Patrick Mahomes. They go out and get Juju Smith-Schuster. They spend a high draft pick on Sky Moore, right? So, like, they didn't just say, screw it, Mahomes will be fine, because you don't know that. Yeah, the guy's fantastic, but allegedly so is Aaron Rodgers. So this is just everyone's going to be pointing the finger at somebody else. Front office, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers. It could get ugly pretty fast if they don't get on the right track sooner than later. But the biggest thing here, Chief, is that division has gotten so much better over the last three years. Yes. Oh, you're kicking it to me. Absolutely, it's gotten better. Like, I, I actually think that sums it up, Luch. I'm not even going to, like, get into it. It's gotten better, and that's that. Like, it's 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 going to be harder and harder to compete week in and week out when they start getting down to weeks nine and ten, where every game is a division game and they're going back and forth. It's going to be tough. Uh, quick question: Let, Let's see if everything is still kind of staying the same. Who's your prediction for division winner? Which division? That one? Yes, dude. I, I chief. I would be such a sellout if I didn't say I still think Green Bay would win the division. Although after what I just saw. After what I just saw, after what I just saw, I, I, I'm almost inclined to, to change that answer to Minnesota, but I have to give it one more week just, just because I don't want to overreact. So, still the Packers, but. Oh, boy. I, I can't. I, I, I can't. Like, I know it was one week, but Aaron Rodgers devoid of. Well, I, okay, let me say this. Alan Lazard will be back. Ooh, I'll Alan give him Lazard. that. Ooh, that that's crazy. Ex- I, I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Alan Lazard will be back. I, I'll give them that. And that probably will help. It'll be someone he's more familiar with, right? Um, Lord, I thought Sammy Watkins was going to have some form of a day yesterday, and that didn't go too well. I, I don't know. It, it's They're just in shambles, man. Well, speaking of looking terrible and not wanting to overreact, I also think the Rams are going to be fine. I'm not panicking about the Rams. No, no, no. The Rams I'm not worried about. They actually have talent on their team. Allen Robinson will, 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 will come along. Okay, and look, for, for everything that everybody talked about with Allen Robinson, they did the same thing with Odell when he got there last season. He didn't come out of the gate getting five, six, you know, eight targets. His first game, I think Odell had three or four targets. Something it was some weird. Now he did get targeted, but Allen Robinson will come along, I think. 
Here's the thing. Uh, I'm going right back to him. He played over 90% of the snaps. That was an anomaly. Yeah. He's going to get the football. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know what his prop line is going to open up this week, but I'm inclined to maybe just blindly take take the bet and go over it. Right? Like, yeah. He's on the field. Like, he's going to get the Because it's going to go down. It's, yeah. it's going to be lower this week. One game, and I'm going to jump all over it. Maybe even a two-unit play, you know? I, I'm hoping that, like, 45-ish yards, kind of like how they did Juju because they didn't know really what to do with him. And then Juju just blew through like 45 and a half. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not going to be Tyreek Hill, but he's going he's gonna to get it done in his way in that offense. And, you know, so I, I'm with you. Allen Robinson, he, he's someone I'm definitely going to be looking at as well. How about the Bears winning a very, very ugly game? I think I did mention the Bears as being maybe a weird little spread pick hunch I was on last week. And you know what? The weather was ugly. Trey Lance, for every spectacular throw he makes, he makes about a dozen raw throws. I, I don't know what's going to happen to San Fran, man, but uh, um, they have talent on both sides of the ball there as well. George Kittle needs to get healthy. Elijah Mitchell going down doesn't help. They got you know some formidable backs to maybe throw in there, and Elijah Mitchell – Spearhead's probably the biggest significant injury other than Dak from week one. It looks like he's going to miss about half of the damn season. Um, so that stinks for the 49ers. I guess, do you have any panic level for the San Francisco 49ers? Like at a scale of one to 10? I, so I'm going to give them a pass because that was like a weird week one game, man. They were basically playing in a kiddie pool out there. So I, I, I'm definitely going to give them a serious pass. Uh, and let's see what they do when the conditions are a lot better. You know what I mean? Like them, okay. And it's not like they lost by 30 points. It, it, tight game, bad weather conditions. I'm going to give them a serious pass. Uh, but all in all, um, we'll see. I don't expect the Bears to be up there, but they might be better than the Packers because guess what? They ain't no same toilet bowl conditions. So I, I, I want to see what the Bears are like with the, with the dry field and you know, better conditions for them. Like, if, if they look really well, then guess what's going to happen? I'm going. They might be better than than the Denver Broncos. So, I mean, not the Denver Broncos. Geez, the um, the the Green Bay Packers. So, I, I, I'm very excited to see. I think I'm going to have a close look on this division just to see how Green Bay kind of shake how things shake out in Green Bay over the rest of the season. Because it wasn't looking good. Now, do I expect Green Bay to beat bottom feeder teams? Like, maybe they get past Detroit. Detroit still put up some fight yesterday. Like, they didn't lay down. Lost. They ended up losing by three. Like, could have been a lot worse. So, for Absolutely. them to keep fighting, that to me, that says a lot about where they're trying to go. I still don't think they're a good team. But they're competing. The old, the old lines would have just down. Guys would have been sitting on the sidelines, sipping Gatorade and drinking bottles of water. But this team came back out fighting. I mean, the, the Eagles were scoring any way they could. And lo and behold, the Lions just kept scoring points. If nothing else, the Lions can score points. The Lions are more than formidable now. DeAndre Swift yes. looks good. You know, it's good to see a lot of these injury-prone running backs at least healthy for a week between him and McCaffrey. And boy, oh boy, did Saquon Barkley just look absolutely phenomenal. And I know we could be having a different conversation in six or seven weeks when if he inevitably gets hurt like he typically does. But I reached for him in a couple of my drafts. I'm in a home league where I, I got Cooper Cup at nine somehow. 
and took Barkley in the wraparound. And I said, you know what? Barkley could be the RB1 if he's healthy. Uh, he looked great, man. And, you know, Tennessee with an epic collapse, 13 nothing at halftime. Inept coaching. Just some of the worst offensive play calling I've ever seen in my life. Um, had a real opportunity to blow that game open. Another game which came down to a missed field goal. Um, you know, good for the Giants and and uh, and Brian Dable and, and going for two on the road. You know, it hurt me as a Titans fan, but I love the aggressiveness. I understand it. That was great. Uh, you know, he's leading that locker room. Like that Giants locker room, no issues the rest of the year. They are, they are completely bought in after that. You know, aggressive play call to steal a win in Nashville. Uh, and for Tennessee, yeah. you know, <laughs> typical Titans. Remember what happened week one last season when Arizona just absolutely thrashed the Tennessee Titans? At that point in time, did I, if you told me they would be the one seed in about 18 weeks, I would say, Chief, I don't know what you're smoking, but, <laughs> you know, it must be the good stuff. So, yeah, and it's one week, folks, and uh, it's not going to get easier for Tennessee, who gets the bills on prime time, and I think they're like nine or ten point dogs, and probably rightfully so, but... You know, we've seen the Titans just do this from time to time, blowing stupid games, losing to lesser teams. How, they've beaten the Bills the last two times they've played, you know. Um, this is what they do. My confidence level in Tennessee beating Buffalo on the road on primetime football is minimal. But um, I don't think a Mike Vrabel locker room is just going to roll over just like that either. So No, no, no. They're gonna, that's another thing. Like he's this team is going to compete and look and it is early like we saw some weird things right um, you know Raiders Chargers was about how we thought it was going to go in terms of scoring points I think um, you know so we're we're there we're we're there and Keenan Allen you know got chip, chipped up in that game uh, a lot of weird things happened but I think both of these teams are going to compete they're going to be fine. Uh, points for Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. And I think I think that's something else we can take away from this game. He goes to the Raiders, 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a loss, 195 yards passing. So you, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that's a big deal. Um, the guy was able to switch teams and still get it going. So many good things, I think, can happen all around the league, and I'm not going to overreact to week one outside of Dallas. Dallas I'm being serious about. I, I think they're done already because of the Dak injury. So I don't want anybody to think I'm insulting Dallas. It was going to be an uphill battle with the lack of receivers. But Dallas, you know, I, I think I think they're done. Um, yeah. Well, I, let I me ask you done. this, um, and I'll give you time to think about it. What was your favorite bet that you cashed this weekend? And what was – I think maybe the worst beat you had was probably in the first half of the Seattle-Denver game. But um, – Oh, gosh. Don't that, – that absolutely, I think, was the uh, – I, I think that was the worst beat. But what were you asking me again? I'm sorry. What, what was your favorite bet that you cashed this week that you were kind of, you know – Oh, Davis Weston has down. I was hammering Davis since he came out on the board at 225 and a half. Got up to 230 uh, and came back down again. And everybody thought he was dead in the water. I'm like, guys, he's playing the Atlanta Falcons. Like, stop it. And then all of a sudden, uh, boom, he's in. Like, he's in cruise control. Ended the day with 200, around 270 yards passing. 
That's what we needed. Yeah, uh, they had a big second. That, that one in McPherson over one and a half field goals. That was. And he missed about my, four of them. But <laughs> th- yeah, but those were my top two, two uh, plays this week. Those are my top two. Both of those, I, I had those uh, pretty much on the lock button. So I had those in every parlay card I had. Every parlay card. Um. I think Gabe Davis was – I mean, he was a chalk pick last Thursday, but we were on him, and uh, that that was a favorite one of mine probably. I wrote up Darren Waller. Um, that was a good look too. I think Devontae Adams is really going to help Darren Waller. We talked about Juju. He was a winner too. C.D. Lamb, that, that kind of pissed me off a little bit, Chief. I know like Dak got hurt and everything like that, but um, – he had 11 targets and only two catches. So that's just frustrating because the opportunity was absolutely there for him. You know, a lot of uncatchable stuff there. So I think the CD lamb one, the loss probably didn't sit very well <laughs> with me, but you know, I, I think, I think it made sense. Just that's, that's football. That's, that's, you can't win them all. So um, anyway, yeah, a lot of action to cover, but we don't have all the time in the world. So I think we should take a look ahead, right? Let's take a look at some of these games. We don't have a lot of prop lines. I mean, we have totals and spreads, and you can check all that stuff out on scores and odds as they become available. Um, so the Thursday night game, we got a yeah. banger. Chief. We got a banger of a game on Thursday. Boy, did, can't, did Kansas City look good? Did the Cardinals look bad, or is it a little bit of both? A little bit of both. And now Um, they're at home at Arrowhead. Here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm just saying they're they're hosting kind of like the new darlings of the league, I think. The people, you know, the Chargers. Everyone's drinking the Chargers Kool-Aid. And and that's fine. I mean, Justin Herbert's phenomenal. I mean, this is, you know, we're spoiled that we get to see this head-to-head twice a year in the AFC West. And um, it looks like Kansas City's three-and-a-half-point favorites with a 54-and-a-half total. So, I don't know. What's your initial thought on on this matchup here after seeing what you saw last week? I I think this one should be more competitive. I'm still taking Kansas City. Um, I mean, these guys, man, uh, didn't miss a beat. Being able to get Juju after he ha- after he's had some down seasons was, I think, genius by this team. He's experienced. Obviously, we know he's got some pedigree. And it was only going to help this team. He's he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not trying to be. He's himself. And adding him to the mix with these other guys, he has some speedsters out there that can get it done. I mean, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire looked really good yesterday on uh, this offense. The Chiefs, I mean, I, I was – and look, at the beginning of the season, I said, look, beware, beware. Denver, at the end of the day, Denver could be the team to beat. But they're gonna to have to outscore the Chiefs, and that that's and that's always the thing with the Chiefs, and that's been the thing most years. If if you let them get off like this, uh, forget it. It's it's, it's going to be ugly, you know. Like if they can get off on you for forty points, you're not going to win, they, because they're already on cruise control at that point. If they got to come from behind, hey, but if they get out on you. They get up on you early. You're in trouble because now you're forced to run the track with them, and that's something you can't do, I don't think. 
Not not with the way Patrick Mahomes can sling it. You know what I mean? It, it's really tough to have to come from behind this team. So I uh, I think Kansas City wins this game Thursday for what it's worth. But I definitely, definitely, definitely think uh, uh, the Chargers are a lot more competitive than the Cardinals for what it's worth. Herbert tried to spread it out, that's for sure. If you look at our Roto Grinders premium usage app, which is already updated from week one, which is awesome. Uh, and that's where you can easily find target market shares, air yard market shares, you know, opportunities, the whole nine yards, no pun intended. But he distributed targets to Keenan Allen, DeAndre Carter, Mike Williams, Eckler, Gerald Everett, Josh Palmer, and Trey McKitty all equally. So I know it was only one week, but if you're looking for a big volume day out of one of those guys in a great matchup, you didn't get it. So you're probably a little frustrated with that. So I'm curious. I mean, you know, you watched some of that game. He's throwing the ball to freaking DeAndre Carter, who led the Chargers in air yard market share last week. And he's pulling these guys out of, out of a hat here, you know, rabbit out of a hat here, like next guy up. So I'm curious if he's going to just really, I don't want to say pull a Tom Brady and just hit the open guy. You know, I, I was surprised to, not see, you know, guys like Keenan Allen get peppered with more opportunities. And uh, we'll see how Herbert attacks the Chiefs. But, um, you know, Mahomes did say before week one that he apologized to fantasy football owners and said it was going to be you know, someone different every week kind of thing. And, you know, Juju was great, but there was no stranglehold on, you know, the, um, you know, the target market shares. Aside of Travis Kelsey, you know, death taxes and Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, the guy is just amazing. So I think I'm with you. I think the Chiefs look pretty good on both sides of the ball. The offense seemed to be balanced. I mean, we know that. But also Arizona was bad yesterday. Arizona was also bad. They were. So we're going to we'll find out a little bit more this week. It is a short week, which is also different, right? Um, but I, I do want to see what they look like against a, what I think is a better team. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looked good. What is the one thing we knocked the Chiefs on, like, time after time was, like, their lack of run game or their lack of willingness to run the football. If they can commit to that balance chief and really get a push up front and let Edwards Hilaire, I mean, Edwards Hilaire, have we ever seen someone's fantasy value tank as much as his did from the beginning of what, two seasons ago to now when he was a rookie and it might be a squeaky wheel thing, like better late than never. He did look great. He was a big part of that team. And if they have a run game, if the chiefs have a formidable run game, they might be better than the Tyreek Hill chief teams. And that's not a knock to Tyreek's talent, but the missing element was that lack of run game. There was so much pressure on Mahomes and Tyreek and Travis Kelsey that, wow, maybe things are going to be opened up a little more for the Chiefs. I'm with you on them. For sure, yeah. It, it, they're, they're a good team, good balanced team. They got enough. Like, you can't really just take a guy. Like, okay, if you try to take Kelsey away, then what are you going to do with, with Juju and the rest of the gang? Like, like what are you going to do? You know what I mean? It, it's, it's interesting to try to figure that out, what, what they're going to do. Uh, so one more game that I think is kind of interesting and a team I'm curious about your panic meter is the New England Patriots. We didn't talk about them. I know Mac Jones got roughed up a little bit, but he appears to be okay uh, as of now. They're traveling to Pittsburgh, who somehow escaped week one with a win, somehow. I mean – what do you make out of this game? It's going to be ugly, I think. Uh, but first of all, tell me how concerned are you about the New England Patriots this year? Yeah, I, I'm not concerned yet. Um, because the Patriots are a team that 
They've still got the head coach, and you know they, they they'll they'll try to figure some things out. Here's what what I didn't like. I think about the Patriots. Um, I think what they need to do give Damian Harris the lead back role. Okay. And make Ramondre Stevenson James White. Right? So uh, just cut out the oh, let's just no, 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 don't don't do that. Don't do, Damian Harris is a is a lead bruising back. Give him that opportunity. And I like Ramondre Stevenson, but give him the change of pace, or if he needs a break, right? Give him the change of pace. He's still valuable to the team. Give him the James White role, right? Define that role for those two. Okay. And then we say, okay, we look at our wide receiver room. We don't have a lot, but Jacoby Myers is clearly their number one, right? C- clearly they're, they're number one, their number one receiver. Make him a true number one, right? Give him the targets. Who's the true number two? Is it Devontae Parker? Is it Nelson Aguilar? Is it Kendrick Bourne? I don't know, but Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar should not be number two receivers. Make them interchangeable threes, right? Steal, steal some plays from uh, uh, Sean McVay's playbook, right? Because to me, they feel more like they should be an 11 personnel team with the talent that they have. You, you get what I'm saying? That's what it feels like they should be. Three wide receiver sets most of the game. Do that and let Matt Jones give them the safe throws, let them pitch and catch, burn them with play action, and I think that's how their offense is going to win. Now, you know, on defense, we'll, we'll, they'll figure it out. He'll have them ready to go. But I think they will be okay long term. Do I think they're the best team in the division? Absolutely not. The Bills are the best team in this division, and I, I think the, the Miami Dolphins are second. And not just after week one, just in general. Like with the talent the Dolphins acquired – and, you know, I think they have better players across the board. And, and as I'm talking through this with you, Luch, here's what that sounds like to me. The Patriots are probably not going to get in. No, they're definitely not. They're not getting in. Like, like they're the th- third team in the division. Like, they're not getting in. Amazing. In fact, I bet they split with the Jets. I think they split with the Jets this season. I, I, I think they even split with the Jets. I Matt Patricia, I mean, it's funny because we ignore a lot of camp stuff that we hear, but there was not ever one positive inkling of news about that offense that came out of any New England beat writer anywhere. Like, we knew, we didn't know, but the writing was on the walls that this offense was going to struggle, and it, whew, uh, it, it might. It really might. And the personnel just, you know, why'd you throw all the money at Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry? couple years ago in the same offseason i don't get that that is cap money that they desperately need back to go get an alpha receiver or something like that you know looking back at these moves like you know they spend so much money bringing in guys like nelson aguilar on top of it kendrick Bourne. like why are we just collecting guys like why are we just ha- why are we buying a collection of guys it's just, they're just guys right like no if, i mean John Smith was pretty good in Tennessee. Hunter Henry was pretty good elsewhere, but both of them. And then we're going to go collect Aguilar and Kendrick Bohr. I, I don't know. What's the point of spending all of that money? Cause it adds up, right? 
Like, what do you get out of that? Yeah. They get a mediocre offense is what they get. So that's it sounds like in that game, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. You got, you got no, that's what they game. get. They get a mediocre offense. That's that, what that's they, what they at get. Best, at best. I'll just get a note on the flip side of that game. It sounds like Najee Harris is going to be okay. He did get hurt a little bit. And, you know, there was some news of him dealing with some injuries throughout the summer. I mean, that Steelers offense is probably also just going to be mediocre this season, right? I mean, unless Kenny Pickett comes in and wows us or Trubisky just wows us, that offensive line is atrocious like we talked about. It's hard to have any foundation without an offensive line. So – this is going to be an ugly game, I think. Give me a winner of it. <laughs> Pittsburgh and New England. Mm. Pittsburgh, New England. <sighs> Look, jeez, man. I'm, I'm going through my process of elimination. Um, <sighs> as bad as this sounds... I think I'm just going to go Pittsburgh at home here. I, I yeah, think I'm going Pittsburgh at home. I respect it. You know it's what I'm really saying? Good. Like, it just – I think I think it's the right play. I, I don't feel like Pittsburgh was some world beater yesterday. But, you know, when you had to go on the road and play in Cincinnati, you're still able to come out with the win. Pittsburgh at home – after going on the road, having to kind of go in a dogfight with Cincinnati, Pittsburgh at home feels like the right call. I think it feels like the right call too, but I wouldn't be surprised if a field goal either way um, settles this one. Um, we got like 20 minutes left. Uh, I want to, I don't know. I'll have you give me an intriguing game and I'll get, and then I'll give you one more, a couple more games on the docket. We want to talk about since we don't have a lot of prop lines or anything out there. Um, and then we'll check out some DraftKings salaries and just, see what fits the bill. And then, of course, we'll dive into story time and our GPP food of the day. So looking at the schedule, my man, um, what else is popping out to you as a game you're excited to see unfold this week? Um, so you, you guys know, I think, let's, let's, let's introduce this segment, uh, Luch, our early top game of the week, right? The game that we feel like is really going to pop. I, I think that's a, that's a good segment, right? Our yeah. early, our early, you know, bombshell game of the week, something like that. Uh, the game that we think is really, really going to pop, and and let's see if we can actually guess it from the other person. So, uh, I know you mentioned Patriots Steelers. Clearly, that's not your game. When you look at a lot of these games, a lot of them don't really jump off the page this week. As like barn burners, believe it or not, a lot of them do not. But I do have one that I'm sitting here and I'm saying, you know, this game just might shoot out a bit. It, I mean, it, it, it just might shoot out. Um, and well, I, I've got one. Uh, there are two games that I'm looking at. I know you're a Jameis Winston guy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to omit that one. And I, ha- I I would say there are two games I'm most intrigued by. I'm not sure which one's going to shoot out. But, man, I'm looking at the Dolphins-Ravens in that 1 o'clock window as one of my two games, and that is going to be electric. How in the world did you guess that? So I was thinking no, everybody would kind of shy away because it's Ravens-Dolphins and they may think defense. 
But I'm telling you, man, this, this Ravens-Dolphins game just might be the one of the week uh, to carry you to the top of the GPP, your GPP uh, uh, a contest, man. Like, you got Lamar on one side. I think there's enough there to get it done. You know what I mean? Like, on both sides of the ball. You got enough re- – so you got a lot of receivers here uh, with Denver – and then you've got this odd collection of receivers with the Ravens that while while on paper they may like may not seem like much, but let's look at uh, in a game where they really didn't, I don't feel like the the Ravens had to do as much as it seems uh, to to win their to win their game in Week One when, when they played Washington. I, I don't think they had to do as much as you thought. Um, not, excuse me, that, that's preseason. I'm so sorry. Not preseason, not week, not Washington. My gosh. Totally off base there. Folks, don't laugh at me. It's the second week of the season. But they played the Jets. The Jets are lowly. Lamar threw the ball 30 times, 213 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Rashad Bateman had two catches for 59. Devin DuVernay, four for 54. Uh, we had uh, Mark Andrews, five for 52. Like, that's going to be his collection of targets. Right. And at some point, um, the running back is coming back. Not Justice Hill. Um, oh, gosh. What's the rest of the running back's name from the Ravens, Luch? J.K. Dobbins. At some point, J.K. Dobbins will be back. Like, this, it's it's going to get very, very interesting here. So I I like what we've seen from them in a, in a, a week one matchup that they should have won. The defense played well. Um, against a lowly Jets team, and um, so I, I think, but I think this week is going to be a lot more challenging for both teams, and so it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. But I, I definitely think this could be uh, a really good game here. And uh, go ahead and check Cortland Sutton off; he is finally over for the full game. Let's go! Got that one early in the week, so we hit Gordon tonight over catches. We had Cortland Sutton. A bunch of us had Cortland Sutton. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got him at 60 and a half. So and he's still over week. even at 60 and a half. Big week. Big way to end the week. We like that. That's a nice little swing. Yeah. Good and stuff. I do need I need one Russell Wilson. Uh I need another touchdown pass from him for big yardage. If I can get that from him, then I'm in line for another uh 10x. You made that one a little easier on me than the Melvin Gordon thing you were trying to do the play-by-play for me on earlier. So thanks for being objective that Cortland Sutton is definitely over. It was an easy one on my – Yeah, he, he's definitely over. over. <laughs> uh, you know what? The thing is, poor Baltimore. We know how injured they got defensively last season, right? Guys were getting picked off in camp left and right. They lose Kyle Fuller already, right? Kyle Fuller in that secondary – let me tell you this. We know Tua is not Patrick Mahomes, right? But I'm looking at some numbers here. And Tyreek Hill had 41% of the Dolphins' air yard market share, which is just some hefty Tyreek Hill numbers. And Incredible, actually. Incredible. In terms, of, in terms of target market share, he was right there. I mean, he was third in the league, 38% of Miami's target market share. The only people ahead of him, Devontae Adams, who was 47% of, of uh, Las Vegas' target market share. And, of course, A.J. Brown. You know, quick slants all day off the read option. What a great match that is. Um, 44% of Philly's target market share. It's like Devontae Smith didn't even exist. 
But A.J. Brown and, and Hurts uh, looked great. I know it was Detroit, and their defense is still not good, but that was really encouraging to see as well. Um, so uh, big numbers there for Tyree Kill and his opportunities still, and I think he's a decent tournament play. I just can't see a ton of people flocking to him against the Ravens in this matchup, but um, I- I'm with you there. And just for time purposes, the game I'm looking at that could shoot out a little bit is – Minnesota and Philly. I think that's Monday night. No, that's Monday night. Yeah. So I, I was Ooh. just trying to go main slate. But I know, but clearly, I to bring that one up. I want to yeah, bring clearly that that's the other game. Like clearly. Uh and there there will be some more as well. There will be some more as well. But I, I'm with you there. That's gonna be a hell of a showdown slate. Uh so we'll we'll let our showdown team, etc. And um and all and all that stuff. So the, that'll be a great game. We'll let the guys take care of that. Sorry, I'm check. I'm doing some scoreboard watching too. I was taking a peek at Spencer How- Spencer Howard, Spencer Strider, who is much better than Spencer Howard. Um, yes, he is. Anyway, uh, let's look at some DraftKings salaries because this is still a daily fantasy sports show, kind of. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get that in there. We'll get that in there. Um, oh, that that. Listen, that's actually a good one. It's a daily fantasy sports show. <laughs> I like that. A daily what? fantasy sports show, kind of. <laughs> you know what? Yep. That is, I like I like that a lot. That is pretty accurate. It's a daily fantasy sports show, kind of. Kind of a daily fantasy yep. sports show. Yeah, like that. Daily fantasy sports show, kind of. I like that. We'll give you, we'll give you some of it, right? But it's Monday night, and... I don't know, oh, you know yeah. that everyone uses where they don't know when they're texting. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> how am I supposed to tell you how ownership's going to shake out on Friday or Sunday morning right now? Yep, I have um, no idea. Not anyway, yet. Anyway. Look, let's look at some quarterbacks here. Hey, Carson Wentz had a monster week one, by the way. I never thought I'd be saying that sentence together. Oh, monster, monster week one. You think people monster. are going to play him against Detroit? Are people going to use him? Oh, of course. Of course they're going to use him against Detroit. I mean, they almost have to, right? I guess. I mean, I can, I can tell you what. Denver looks like they're starting to get on a roll. Um, I, I might I might be on the Denver offense against Houston, for what it's worth. We'll come back to that later. But, yeah, I, I definitely think they're going to use him against Detroit, man. Like, Carl, he's 5,800. Um, th- there's a lot of good cheap quarterbacks that I think we'll be able to get into again this week. Um, so it, 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 it should be another, another really good week. Yep. Another really good week here for the cheap quarterbacks. Um, you got two down here, Derek Carr, 62 wins, Trey Lance against Seattle, which, which, what should be a bet. I I just want to see how he plays. Jameis 5,500, uh, Matt Ryan, 5,500. Uh, and a lot of these guys are in, in good matchups for, for their team. So uh, I, I like these cheap quarterbacks this week for sure. Chief, one thing that I cannot unsee from week one, and of course we all have, we're, you know, we're fans of our teams, but I am unbiased. I really oh God, am. I'm, uh, I cannot remind unsee, me of week listen, one. Listen, I cannot unsee how bad Matt Ryan looked week one. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Failed the eye test. He looked, he looked. Like I don't, I'm trying to be polite. Like the like the game was way too fast for him. Like he just did not look well against the Texans. Uh, it it just didn't look good. That 
it's the eye test. That's all I got. He failed the eye test miserably. And, you know, I, I hope for them it works out. I, I, I hope it was just get, you know, getting some rust off, right? I don't know, not getting some rust off, but I don't know. Because you know what else was a really big question mark about the Colts? I didn't expect to go on a little Colts uh, tangent here, but there's no solidified wide receiver too behind Michael Pittman. And Alec Pierce had the rookie. I think he'll have a good future. Had two horrific drops, one in the end zone. Um, so I think that is still an issue for the Colts as well is, okay, they're going to take Michael Pittman away. Maybe we're trailing or maybe we're just having a bad day in the trenches on the ground. How, how, how am I going to get the ball at anybody, right? Um, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about, you know, what else is on that team offensively. Not, not overreacting, but the jury is kind of still out there, I think. I mean, we'll see. I, I think they'll be fine as long as the running game holds up. Don't you agree? Like the running game is going to have yes. to set up the passing game. You, you get yes. what I'm saying? Like yes. we don't we don't need him to be the hero. We need him to be a, a, a game manager. It is stable. literally they need him to be Aaron Rodgers. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. If you were listening. <laughs> but they you get what I'm saying have though. To execute the same way the Titans need to execute. Same division. They need to run the ball and set up easy route combinations because they have, you know, average to above average quarterbacks. At this point of Matt Ryan's career, he's just above average, right? I mean, he used to be very, very good. Um, but they need to execute the same way. So I, I, I agree with you there. Anyway, Matt Ryan is cheap and, you know, could be a good bounce back candidate against Jacksonville. He's another cheap option as well. Um, you know, is the ultimate, ultimate, like, bounce back of the year – paying all the way up for Kyler Murray against the Raiders. Like I'm as a tournament player, I'm thinking, man, did they get thumped? Man, is this going to be a unique roster construction probably? And I'm, you know, Hollywood Brown had a 35-ish percent market target market share as well. So like I have no issues maybe trying that for a bounce back contrarian stack, a little Arizona action here. I mean, it doesn't make me feel great, but we know that, that there's talent there with Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown, correct? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be fine. You talked about it being a bounce back spot. Like, it, it absolutely is. And it's not that – here's the thing, though. What's the thing? They're, in L, they're going to L.A., and I think L.A. should win this game. Like, that's the problem. Like, I, will they be more competitive? Maybe. Do I think they're going to win? The answer is no. I don't think they're going to win this game this week. Not, not after the Raiders just lost to the Chargers. They know they got to win games. They're at home. They're, they're going to be hungry. I mean, they're hungry. When you go out and get – and I said this. When you go out and get Devontae Adams, you're hungry. Like, you're, you're not planning on losing. So, I uh, – Yeah. They're not planning on losing, bro. I don't care if they're losing. I, I think the Raiders are going to. But if, you just want them to be, yeah. If the Cardinals are competitive and throw up a 28 spot on the scoreboard, I'm cool with that. You know, I'll run it back with Darren Waller. Whatever, right? A little Darren Waller game stack. Or Devontae Adams, you know? Why yeah, not? man. Why not? I Running mean, back. They finally bumped up Saquon's uh, salary tag to 7,300. Let, let me see what let me see what the full slate of salaries are for Arizona overall. Okay. 
Let me let me see what that is because all right, so Kyle is 75, which you know, James Conner is 69. Hollywood is still 62. Yep. AJ Green 43. Greg Dorch is 35. And he got targets galore in this game. Do, okay, so here's a big question about that one. Do we think Greg Dorch, who was a star at uh, Wake Forest, by the way, like he was really good uh, at Wake Forest, do we think they're going to use him like this again? Because I at 3,500, I'm in at that. I'm in. I think if Rondell Moore doesn't play, they will. If Rondell Moore plays, it complicates things. Of course, but, of course. But of if course. he wasn't ready for week one, he's got to still be on some kind of limitations, you would think. So even if Rondell Moore plays, like what complement of snaps is he going to play, do you think? You know, I think there's a role for Dorch, at least for this week, and maybe he can carve something out moving forward. I, you know, you're missing DeAndre Hopkins for, what, a month and a half at least. So, you know, that is certainly interesting, and you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things with a, a Murray-Dorch – uh, Hollywood kind of double stack if you know if you're playing large field tournament stuff I suppose that's that's interesting that that is interesting yeah I gotta for sure I gotta ask you something just for time purposes I wanted to switch gears about running back here and how good Saquon Barkley looked and I'm not trying to pour salt in the open wounds we both had you know a rough week uh, in terms of our of our teams that we root for but. I was shocked with how poor the Panthers' run defense was. Like, as a DFS player, are you interested in playing Saquon against Carolina's front seven? Who, Chief, what, what's going on there? Why did Nick Chubb and Hunt have so much success? The I'm, deep fr- I'm frustrated with the Panthers. And I came on this show and I said, look, you know, Baker's the quarterback now. I don't. I didn't like Baker, but I'm now a Baker fan. I wanted Baker to have the best season of his career. Here's what I will say: Hats off. They kept fighting. Uh, but man, Robbie Anderson five catches for 102 yards. Uh, DJ Moore three for 43. Ian Thomas two for 53. Christian McCaffrey four for 24. Shy Smith one for 12. Tommy Tremble one for one, and McCaffrey also had 10 carries. I listen, man. I, I think the coach is gone this season. And I think it's gonna be the right call. Um, you know, he, he's had this will be what his third season, and we haven't really been able to kind of turn any type of a corner. And we got Baker, and maybe we'll win a few more games. I didn't pick us to win a lot of games for what it's worth. I, I really didn't. So maybe, maybe we'll, maybe they'll turn a corner here. But I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, this is the fan of me coming out, and I was very sad that we lost that game at home yesterday. Just, just I mean, but a lot of teams didn't look good early on, so it wasn't just us. But you know, I, I was hoping Baker would come out with some fire and be. Be ready to go. And it just – he wasn't ready to go right away. Try and, being, and that's okay. Try being a Titans fan at Atlantic City, New Jersey Sportsbook. There weren't any Giants fans there. Huh. God, just pouring salt right into the open moon, man. That, that one really hurt. The whole place was going crazy. I'm just sitting there with my gray goose on the rocks thinking, man, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. 
So I'm right there with you. So, yeah. so as a DFS player, what's your assessment of this Carolina front seven? Like, how much interest would you have in say going back to Saquon Barkley this week? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to go back to him. We we saw what happened. Uh, I I definitely think you you go back to him, man. And that's a formidable yeah. Titans run defense. They were very very good against the run last year, and the same personnel except Harold Landry is basically that. So um, I was really impressed with with Barkley. Yeah. Um, he also he all with how banged up that Giants wide receiver room is. He also had thirty eight percent of the target market share yesterday out of the backfield. That that's like Marshall Falk esque type of uh, opportunity in terms of fantasy football. Um, now I'm not comparing Saquon to Marshall Falk. I'm just saying, not only is the Hall of Famer Marshall Falk was a top tier fantasy pick, but that's how the greatest show on turf used him. And during the mid to the early to mid era of the, of season long fantasy football, right? So. Um, I think Saquon's good too. I gotta say, the Cleveland backfield is gonna be a mess all year. I'm just looking at running backs here um, on DraftKings, uh, and of course, Cleveland has the Jets. And anytime the Jets are on the schedule, like you're interested in the other team's run game. Typically, there was basically a complete even split of snap share between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So, and that's very interesting, isn't it? it I mean, that if they're gonna continue the split, and it's kind of the same way I felt about the Denver offense, where I'm like, look. We think Javante Williams is going to be the lead back. I was thinking it was going to be more 50-50. And if I look at the game, and I'm bringing that up because teams with two good running backs, like I think it's very important to see that. Uh, Melvin Gordon actually has 10 carries for 51 yards. Javante has seven for 43 yards. Uh, Javante has eight catches for 51 yards, though. And Melvin has two for 14. So it, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more 50-50 or 55-45 than maybe 70-30. And if that's the case, I think that's something you take into account, just like you take into account with the Browns. If Nick Chubb's going to be 8K and Kareem's going to be 6K, well, Kareem's going to end up being the better buy each week. Um, just because of his pass catching ability. Now, the difference between Javante and and uh, and Melvin tonight is Javante has eight catches. Like that, that's a big. He's got thirds just on catches. Like that's a big deal. Uh, whereas Melvin just has you know fifty one yards rushing and you know two catches. But Melvin had a couple of opportunities to get into the box as well, and so did Javante. And they both fumbled the ball inside the five. Both of them. So. The, it looks like the opportunities are going to be there. And that's what I'm saying. As bad as Denver has played, they've got the ball back with four minutes left and are probably going to win this game. I really, really, really need Russell Wilson to throw a touchdown. Uh, I took Russell over one and a half touchdowns, which I thought would have been easy. And it was easy. They've been in the red zone almost every drive, Luke. Just can't score. I know we're talking about this game. This is what you get when you listen to us. How many minutes are we in, Luke? Uh, I know we got to get out of here. And yeah, uh, we, we uh, save stuff you know, for the people. We typically go a little bit over, so I would say we have like 10 minutes left. I wanted to make one more point about running back and committees here. Um, Michael Carter out snapped Brees Hall like 60% to 45%. Man, did I forget who Joe Flacco was? Did I forget who Joe Flacco was? I don't know if I have the balls to play Michael Carter in tournaments against the Browns. He did rush the ball 10 times for 60 yards, but he had nine targets. 
Check down Flacco. We might have to look at some uh, reception props with Michael Carter this week, folks. And I, I can't imagine it being very high, right, Chief? I, that's just something that popped out the stat sheet to me. Nine targets from Joe Flacco. I know the game strip was super negative. They were trailing. Um, so I do understand that. But, like, we expect them to probably trail uh, even against the Browns. I mean, it might be a little more neutral. So keep it an eye on that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I, I don't hate that at all. Um, here's the thing, though, about what, what I think they may do uh, against the Browns this week versus, you know, maybe something we did. I think, like you talked about, they're going to really try to get this short passing game going to open it up and move the chains, you know? Like, they're, they're going to have to. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, that's their way to win this game. Um, I mean, they've got some receivers, but I, I think that I think the short passing game is how they get it done, at least for a portion of the game, at least for a portion of the game. And uh, But once again, I still think the Browns are going to win. I don't think they're better. I don't think the Jets are the better team right now. Browns, I think they're a little bit better on defense. You know, there are some high-end receivers. Um, I know we didn't have time to really fly through uh, everything here, but I thought it was good. It was good podcasting. You know, man, look at these matchups on the board from from salary top to bottom. First of all, Cooper Cup's 9,900. That's amazing. Cooper Cup against Atlanta. Devontae Adams against Arizona. Jamar Chase against Dallas. Debo against Seattle. We talked about Tyree Kill against Baltimore. They play a lot of man coverage, and they're down one of their best corners. I mean, God, uh, Michael Pittman against the Jags, McLaurin against Detroit, and we saw the damage the Eagles did. So, boy, there is some firepower at wide receiver. A lot of tough decision-making uh, to be done if you're looking to pay up at wide receiver this week for sure. Yeah, man, it's going to be amazing. Like, whew, when, you, when you look at some of these games, Luch, like, for instance, um, the the uh, Miami Baltimore game, which we, which we've already talked about, Tyreek seventy one, right? But look on the other side of the ball, Bateman is still fifty five hundred, which is incredible, incredible. Uh, I know Duvernay got got some targets last week. Uh, he's forty three hundred, and if we're expecting that these guys are going to have to pass, like you have to like the affordability of this team, right? Uh, Mike Davis is 5K. Uh, not Kenyon Drake. Chase Evans is 5,200. Two is 5,600. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, just, it's, it's a lot to love here. But in terms of all the wide receivers, who's your number one this week? I think without question, uh, for me, it's, it's Devontae Adams again. I like Cooper Cup. But Devontae's at home, had a really, 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 really big game. And uh, I'm expecting another big game again against Arizona. You know, it's funny. Like, you prep for a show. Believe it or not, we do prep sometimes. And then, like, as we talk through things and we're di- – like, there's not enough hours in the day to, to research everything you want to research. But, you know, I go on little tangents when we're talking and we start picking up things. I think the weirdest one is Chris Olave. Uh, where was he? He played the most snaps out of any New Orleans receiver. I think he played 75% of the snaps, and he wasn't targeted once. 
Michael Thomas yep. had eight targets. Landry had nine. Where the hell it was became, it, it became the Michael Thomas show again, man. Yeah, I get I it. I mean, but that, but if that, Michael that, Thomas that, is going to get 10 Ks, I mean, 10, 10 uh, targets, go ahead and hop on the train again at 5,800. He's going to be a monster. If he gets 10 targets, I'm just, I'm thinking, forget I'm, I'm thinking prop market here. I mean, if Olave's total is going to dip more, probably, to open up. And really, he's a guy that just needs one play anyway. Yeah. I mean, God, he's got it. It's probably going to be in the 40s, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're looking for some regression candidates here. So I think he fits the bill. Um, that's kind of interesting. Anyway, anything else DFS-wise? I know we didn't do a ton, but uh, I thought we talked through a lot of action here. Gave some good... You know, target market share numbers, some props to maybe keep an eye on, you know, throughout the week as things open up here. So, I don't know. Do you want to let story time and GPP food of the day rip? Yeah, man. Let's do it. All right. So, I don't know. Do you have any good stories for me? <laughs> I'll, I'll have better one week three. That that's my that's my story. Week three is going to be incredible. Week three, so you're saying next next week's podcast, you're going to have an incredible story time. No, after week three. Okay, so I got you. So the week four pod, no, I, yeah. the week four pod. Okay. Well, now now I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I know we have you know thousands of listeners here. Who know we go off the rails sometimes. I don't know if you tuned in last week, but we were talking about date etiquette and how how sloppy you can get at the dinner table. Yeah. So, all right. So that's like more of a tease. I, I guess I guess we'll take it, man. That, that, that's that's my story time for this week. That is just you can't leave me hanging like that. But I guess we go. And, and, and we gotta wait till week four for it. The hell is that, Chief? Come on, man. <laughs> the listeners should come back. I hope they do. Yeah. Week, week right. four. Hit, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hashtag week four story time. All right. Well, maybe we'll get it trending. Hashtag week four ST. <laughs> Let's talk GPP food of the day. <laughs> you got to have something, something for me tangible to work with. Uh, no, listen, listen, listen. So, GPP food of the day. Um, I talked about EJ's last week. This week, what I'm doing is I'm going to um, another local spot here, here in the Charleston area, and, I th- and maybe I'll try to incorporate uh, local places. Because um, that, to me, that's the that's the backbone of the community anyway, Luch, where you can go to these local places. I've got a guy that has a food truck, Chef Claus Dawson, Chef Claus Dawson, and it's, it's it, from Show Enough Catering, Chef Claus Dawson. Some of the best rib tips, seafood mac and cheese. Uh, Smoked chicken legs, house-made barbecue sauce, vinegar, or mustard-based. You name it, he does it. Seafood rice, red rice and sausage, uh, dirty rice, and it's all from his food truck. Mm. I must say, 
Chef Claus Dawson. Like him a ton, my man. I like him a ton. Uh, show enough catering if you're here in the Somerville, Charleston area. Chef Claus Dawson. Give, give him a look up. I mean, some of the best rib tips I've ever had in my life. I mean, in you know the South South Carolina Charleston. You know, if you're doing rib tips in South Carolina, you got to know what you're doing. So, yeah, sound, sound, you know, big competition down there for sure in your area for for barbecue food and uh, rib tips and stuff like that for sure. Um, damn, that got me hungry. It's late at night here, man. Try not to eat so late, but now. Now I'm hungry. You got barbecue on my mind. But, uh, you know, I spent some time in Atlantic City. We got to know the area a little bit. Um, Brigantine is like this quaint little beach town, like four and a half minutes from Atlantic City. You go across the bridge, you'd never even know that you were basically in Atlantic City because it's not. It's just a different world. Tiny little island. There's like, I don't know, six or seven restaurants on it. That's it. Um, had a lot of fun at this local joint here in Brigantine. Uh, called Laguna Beach Rum Bar uh, and Restaurant. I mean, it is just fantastic stuff. The service is great. The people are good there. They have live music. The food is good. Um, it's like a half indoor, mostly outdoor bar right on the beach. I mean, you can sit at this full bar. There's a little stage for the music. The wind's blowing. And you're literally on the beach and like, you know, 200 yards from the water. So, you know, we talk a lot about food on this on this pod and the food is good there but environment wise if you're ever in atlantic city take a six and a half minute uber ride to laguna beach rum bar have a couple drinks on the beach and uh, get away from the hustle and bustle and your sports betting and all the books you know just disconnect a little you won't even know you're here and you're five minutes away from the strip in atlantic city so there's my atlantic city travel tip for the week yes sir chief where do the people yeah, find I'm here, right? Where can they find you? At Chief Justice 6 on Twitter.com. Twitter.com. Check me out at the J Carlucci. Uh, hit us up in the DMs. You know, whatever we can do to help out, we definitely will. Got any feedback? Got any questions? We'd love to hear you. And uh, we'll try to pop them in on the show here. So let us know. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we head out? Nah, man. I'm good. I am good. I am good. I'm good too. So until next time, that's Will Priester. I'm Justin Carlucci. You're seeing our faces together on the show for the first time. We'll see you again next week. Good luck, everybody, and have a good week. Peace.